Welcome to Life Hurts, God Heals. I'm one of your two hosts, Kurt Flagel, and I'm excited for what you're about to hear on this first part of our episode called Invitation or Obligation. We are about to wrap up season four of our podcast, but before we do that, we thought we'd go out in style by creating a two-part series out of this episode because it's just that good. We're going to be interviewing Katie Roth, who happens to be a good friend of Kim Ward, our other host here on Life Hurts God Heals. She's going to help challenge our perspective on how we see God and how we imagine Him looking at us. Is God a God of invitation or obligation? And what kind of effect does that have on the way we live our lives? That's what this is all about. So let's get started. Katie, welcome to Life Hurts, God Heals. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm really excited to have you on. You literally took the words right out of my mouth, Kim. I know. It's part of my job description. (laughs) It's finally worn me down. Yeah, it has been a long journey getting here, it feels like, hasn't it? (laughs) Yes, it has. I think we've been talking about this for months and months. At least a month. I must be a hard sell or something. I don't know. You know what that means, though? What? It's worth the wait. So you you and Kim are uh, good friends, yes? Longtime buddies. Yeah. Let's talk about that for a minute. How do you guys know each other? Kim met me when I was a baby. <laughs> Not really. Um, we met when I was in high school. I think I was probably a junior no, maybe sounds- I was a senior. I had to have been a senior because I was a believer at the time. I didn't come to faith until I was 17. I came to faith through my brother-in-law's youth group. And that was how Kim knew my family was through Robert. So my goals prior or like post high school had nothing to do with careers or relationships. All I had to do with was Jesus. It was all I cared about. And as a result of that, I moved to where the church was that I knew and the believers were that I knew, and Kim was one of them. And so I moved into the town in which she was living. I moved in with my brother-in-law and my sister. And so she was over often. A lot. (laughs) Let's be honest. It was probably at least three or four days of the week minimum. Yes. So we got to know each other pretty good. But we were both shy back then. We didn't really get to know each other until later. And of course, the fact that I'm also closer to Emily's age than yours. Let's be honest. I was a dumb teenager. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, maybe slightly. (laughs) No, um, but it was just it was just a case of you were closer to the age of the students that, you know, yes, that I knew. And the people that I knew that had sort of like pulled me into the faith were, were, were my fellow students because I went, yeah. you know, I went to camp with them and I went to the youth group with them and they weren't leaders. They were my peers. So, but then as the years passed, we started becoming more actual friends. And so yeah. I, would say, I would say Kim and I have gotten to be really close friends probably within the last two to three years. Yeah, that sounds about right. What, what precipitated that? Honestly, a lot of it has been processing through similar, like, I don't know, just similar things like job changes and 
moving and Kim is very connected to my family. And so like just similar experiences and and knowing the same people has been a huge catalyst for, yeah, for just deepening a friendship. Despite the slight age gap, being in a similar place where we're both single, both still waiting. Trying to figure things out. (laughs) Yeah. You know, because normally when you're 30 something, most of our peers have already air quote figured it out to a certain extent you know they're married they're very much so settled so it's kind of a weird place where it's hard to find people in that age in our age group your relationship has gone to a, a new level just recently correct yeah and I was thinking about that just now and I I mean Kim I don't know if you would agree with this necessarily but I think that as I've started writing more because Kim likes to write as well, that has been another point of connection. Mm -hmm. Um, Not just in the sense that we write to each other because we really don't, but like, I think it is a way in which we both relate to the Lord. And I don't know. I I think that has been a, at least for me, because Kim, you've like given me feedback on like poems or like just random pieces of things that I've written and I think it has like deepened your understanding of me and like my understanding of you. And yeah, it, it's, it's been interesting. And then even just like, I think what Kurt was aiming towards was also just the spiritual direction stuff that we have at least tentatively yeah. <laughs> started doing as well. Like, I mean, that's kind of a big step because that's, that's, you know, that takes a little bit, a decent amount of trust. It feels like for both on your end and my end, because, you know, I get to go, I don't know what I'm doing, you know, hands up surrendered gesture there. Well, and on my side, I'm like, um, I'm just going to tell you everything and hopefully you're not offended by it. No, for me, for me, you know, it's, there's a lot of joy in it. Yeah. Do I occasionally get in my own way and get stressed out because I think it rests on my shoulders? Yeah, of course. (laughs) But, you know, there's the other part of it where God's like, no, this is what I created you for. So take a chill pill. (laughs) and just enjoy the ride and remember that I'm the one providing answers and it's not about you. This is what's great. Okay. About spiritual direction. First of all, what it is, is really just being with another person in some context, usually live and listening to what that other person is saying. But what you're really listening to is where, where is their heart? You know, what is their heart speaking so it's like, it's having three spiritual ears, listening to the person's heart through their words, listening to my own heart and what's happening, and then listening for God's heart for both of us. That's what I do a lot in Life Hurts, God Heals, at least when I'm, when I'm doing it right. When I'm really in the being present with God, that's when things flow in, in these uh, podcasts and these episodes. And the writing is another aspect of that. It's so cool. That's like the single most important part uh, probably of my relationship with God these days is listening to what uh, he wants to say to me about the last 24 hours, where I noticed him, where I didn't, and then writing out the things he reveals to me and then surrendering, seeing those things on on the page or on the Word document in this case, and then surrendering those to God. So again, here's spiritual direction. I ask a question and then I listen 
And that what I hear is this connecting tissue of you two writing and I, I connect to that well. Several years ago, I had an inkling that the Lord asked me to write every day. And I wasn't super duper sure, but it was interesting because I was, I want to say I was out of town when I got that inkling and I had somebody house sitting for me strictly because at the time I had rabbits and I had plants that needed to be watered and whatnot. And when I came back, this was somebody I didn't know super well, but they had bought me a, a gift and like left it on my bed and they like cleaned my house for me. And And I opened up the gift and it was a journal and it said something about writing every day. (laughs) I was like, wow, interesting. And so I've tried to, I've tried to get into a habit of it and I was in a habit of it for a long time. And now I can sort of lean into like the obligation of doing it instead of the invitation to doing it. (laughs) So I have a hard time being consistent because I am of such a personality type that I don't like doing things out of obligation. (laughs) (laughs) but there is something to discipline. And so it's like this whole, I want to say it was an idea in a book. And honestly, I thought it was a very stupid idea. I was like, I don't like that at all. I don't remember what book it was. It was probably a Bible study of some kind or some sort of Christian book, but it suggested to write a letter to yourself from God's perspective. And honestly, my attitude was really not good about it. I was like, you know, I, I can't put myself in God's place and blah, 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 blah. I was just being, I don't know, like pressing against an experiment that just didn't agree with where I was in life. I was like, no, <laughs> but I did it. And I thought it would be very hard. And I think it was at first, but because it was so hard, I kind of had to let go of my control over the situation, I suppose. And it was so interesting because I feel like God was speaking to me, like as I was writing it. And so I shared it with some people. And I I don't know when you said like, where has God been in the last 24 hours? It made me think of that. And I'm like, I I would love to get back to that place and remember Mm. that. Sometimes I have to read it again and again and again to remember God's heart Mm. because I know his heart was present in that moment, in that time. There are a couple of things you said that words have like been highlighted and that idea of obligation, how you push against that versus invitation. That is, I think that's something to pay attention to. Kim, when, when, uh, when we talk about that obligation versus invitation, what rises up in you? Oh, well, I am not a fan of obligation. Because I am a bit of a people pleaser, I definitely will continue to do something if I've if I've made that commitment because then I know that they're gonna hold me to it. But obligation, it's definitely it kind of it feels like there's a lot of weight to obligation. Mm-hmm. It feels something like something you have to drag or push against in order to get it done. It it kind of feels like it takes the joy out of whatever or the potential for joy out of whatever you're going to be doing. Whereas invitation is open hands, open arms, that there's something about an invitation where it's just like, hey, come try this, come check this out. There's freedom in it. Yeah, where an obligation has that kind of almost like you're shackled to something. So, yeah, that that makes sense. And I, you know, having known more of your story, I've watched you do something that I don't think a lot of people do, at least not a lot of the people I know. 
I've seen you really kind of like almost fight against being in a comfortable spot. Like, <laughs> I don't even know how you do it, to be honest, because it goes, it goes against everything that, you know, that a lot of us do. A lot of us are like, oh, we found a comfortable spot and we stick to it, you know, and then normally it takes God dynamiting us out of that spot to to get us you know to whatever the next thing is well to be fair I think I kind of got dynamited out of my last job and living situations true true not to say that you've never been blasted out that's an interesting concept I don't know if anyone has ever said that to me but they probably have just probably not quite in that way it was kind of funny. I was at the gym on Sunday with a friend of mine who is just a crazy obsessed with the gym and working out kind of person. And she was training me and she said something kind of like that. She said, I will potentially push things beyond my limit, like uncomfortably. For example, at the gym, I kind of jacked up my knee a little bit. What she said to me is she said, thank you for like pushing yourself and like not giving up. Like you keep going. And, and I was joking with her later on. And I said, cause she's somebody that I potentially might live with at some point. And I was like, you know, there's something to be said about like you and I going to the gym together. And then you and I going with like one other person, <laughs> because she's a little bit like me, like she'll just keep pushing and pushing. And pushing. I was like, that's probably why I injured myself. But I think going back to what I said about the writing and like the obligation is there's something like resistant and something like that's just like, no, it's not good to like force myself to do something like at the gym. I kind of knew I kind of knew that I was like doing it out of obligation at that point. I wasn't doing it any longer because I like wanted to do it and I ended up hurting myself. And Mm -hmm. so like, the concept of like writing because it's what I'm supposed to do every day. I kind of feel the same way. (laughs) It's like, it's probably going to be pointless. It's like, I want my writing to be productive. And I believe that the Lord speaks to me through my writing and reveals things to me through my writing. But if I'm doing it out of obligation, I don't think that's going to be true. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. It makes total sense. But then it's kind of a catch 22 for me because I don't know the way that I discipline myself is to know that I have been asked to do it every day. So I do it every day. But then if I do it out of like duty boundedness, then it's kind of a moot point. (laughs) Then it's not, I'm I'm not accepting God's invitation. I'm like, all right, God, like I'm going to, I'm going to keep trucking away at this. (laughs) So that's the balance I'm trying to find. I like the word asking when you think of God, like just picture Jesus, you know, in your mind, do you see him as someone who is about obligation or invitation? Invitation, definitely. I mean, obviously we can look at him the wrong way and see him through the lens of other people we've experienced. But if you're just looking at him, even if you look back at scripture, he's definitely a God who invites, who asks. I was trying to explain something to a friend of mine. Actually, it's come up a couple of times. I'm trying to remember the last person I spoke it to. It was not a believer. But the term that I I, I just don't like is um, religious. You're a religious person. And it's the term that people use when 
they're not a believer. And this person referred to me as like a religious person. And there's so many things that are tied to that mentality. And I was trying to tell her that I remember being a Christian before I was a Christian. (laughs) And I said, the difference is there used to be things that I did out of obligation, like going to church and reading my Bible. And the difference is I'm no longer obligated to do those things, but I want to do them because I recognize them as an invitation. And so I was trying to explain to her how it's not a burden for me to go to church on Sunday. I look forward to it so much. And I don't lift my Bible like a lead weight. Like it's tempting to me. And if I'm in the right mindset, writing can be the same way for me. Yeah. Because it's hard to get into that flow. (laughs) Right. There are things that get in the way of that. This is where I want to shift this because I think there's something in this idea of obligation and invitation that can be highlighted by the season of spiritual direction that you and Kim have entered into together. First of all, how are you doing it? Because this is fun to talk about. First of all, there's not a lot of people who understand what spiritual direction is, you know, in the culture as a, as a whole, especially even in church culture. So this idea of, of listening to the other person's heart through their words, listening to your own heart and as they're talking and seeing what's rising up, up in you and listening to God's heart in that whole process and, and, and inviting him to speak through that. What does that practice look like for the two of you? Well, so like, first of all, like for anybody that listens, like Kim and I do not live in the same town. (laughs) That is important to note. (laughs) So I do want you to speak to this, Kim, because I feel like you, you've been doing this longer and you have been working with Kurt and I'm like, sort of like entering into this. (laughs) Um, But I think more traditionally, we'd probably get together face to face. (laughs) It's not something that we have the luxury of doing. <laughs> right, right. You don't have the luxury in the traditional of sense. And so, and if you can't, then usually in this day and age, it's Zoom. Yeah, which Katie and I have somewhat different schedules, which has also played into to how this has worked out. Because originally we talked about it being the three of us meeting together. And I know Kate's schedule was busy enough that she didn't feel like she could, uh, you know, really commit to that. At least at the time, not like that's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, not on a consistent basis. Um, but so we had already been talking a lot. We've been using Marco Polo, which is essentially similar to Snapchat, but nothing gets deleted. There's no time limit, so you can have your message go as long as you want, and then the other person can take as much time as they need to respond, which gives us the freedom to be able to sh- shoot each other messages through this whenever something comes into our mind which is actually that's actually kind of more freeing than trying to have a set this is the time we meet this is the only time we talk and and then we're done so that in that respect it's actually kind of nice for two reasons for me one because there's that freedom of whenever something comes up Kate can message me then but then for me needing more time to process things because I'm a little slow on the processing I have as much time as I need to sit and be still with God and listen to what I'm hearing and make sure I'm not just caught up in my own junk because 
there has been a few times where, you know, it's just, it's, <laughs> we started this and then I immediately had some nice spiritual attack that meant that I wasn't in a good place. So that did affect like the first week or two, I'd say, where I was just kind of like, hey, I want to be here for you. This is what I'm getting, but understand that I could be really wrong because I'm processing uh, the death of my extra dad, um, Tom, who passed away just a few weeks ago. And, you know, that really shook me and there was just some other stuff going on. But the beauty was, is we were still able to stay connected in the middle of that. And I, I didn't have to <laughs> have it together <laughs> as, as much in the moment. I was able to take more time to process, which for me works really well. You keep saying the word freedom and going back to what Katie said, when we talk about obligation and invitation, you said there's freedom and in invitation. Yeah. And to segue off of that, I think what it comes down to is choice. It's so funny because I, I was also talking to my, my roommate about school and it's so funny because I've been out of school for quite some time now and she's in a master's program currently and I envy her a little bit because she has homework and I'm like, I miss, I, I really do. I sometimes I miss having homework, but you know what? The reason I miss having homework is because I'm not obligated to do it right now. <laughs> If I was obligated to, I never really, I didn't love school. I didn't. I, I, I was never a high academic person, but in the absence of it, I'm like, this sounds kind of nice. And she always jokes me. She's like, you want to do my Hebrew homework for me? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> obviously I couldn't do it, but I like the idea of it. But I think there's something to be said about that. The Bible talks a lot about choice, the Lord inviting us into things he's never forcing our hand he's never demanding us to be with him or choose him it's always our choice and that is freedom right mm. i mean yeah that is the unique thing about christianity i think i think that word uniqueness is really good because what you both have just described in your relationship and spiritual direction is pretty unique and it, and it works for both of you, right? And that is, I think, where the invitation and the freedom comes in, where you both know each other well. And you've said this, you've talked about the, like where you are and how you're relating to each other and how that, there's that deepening. And so you know what's going to work for you in this relationship that's unique to where you both are and who you both are and how you both know each other. And there I think is the secret to invitation over obligation, because this is where this, the spiritual direction you're doing reflects the heart of God and how he, you know, you know, uniquely relates to each of us. I'm not saying that, that it never feels obligated, because I'm sure there's times in every person's life where a relationship at some level can feel obligated. It's the perspective thing. But there's a lot of invitation you're sensing in this, and it comes from this intimacy that you both know each other, and you're okay with the uniqueness of how you are relating to each other that looks different. And I think in that there is a key to seeing the freedom that God is inviting us into 
versus seeing what God is asking of us as obligation. Realizing that God relates to us uniquely as individuals, each one of us, and he accepts us right where we are. And it's it's really about us learning to accept that God accepts us in that place. There's a lot of a thing. There's something to be said about acceptance. Like you guys know each other and you accept each other where you are. And there's, that brings a, that's a freedom to, to just do, do things in your own way, relate to each other in your own terms. Right. What if that's the case of God? What if the times we feel we have to do things out of obligation is maybe because we're not feeling known and uniquely related to, which is, which is actually out of sync with how God sees us. That brought up something that really struck me at the time. I was sitting in church many years ago now, actually, and Someone said, somebody was praying and they said, I I don't remember exactly what they said. They said something like, Lord, speak to us. Let us hear your voice or something like that. And I was like, really focused on that statement for whatever reason. I was like, yeah, like, God, why don't I ever hear you? Like, I want to hear your voice. Like, I was frustrated because I couldn't hear. And in that moment, God spoke to me and he said, I don't speak to you audibly because you're not an audible learner, (laughs) which is very true. (laughs) I absolutely cannot listen to like a a book on tape. Cannot do it. I don't. It's one reason why I don't like the phone. I, I'm not, I, I just, I don't, I don't learn that way. Like if I'm, if I'm taking a class, a college class, I have to be there. I have to be looking at the slides. I have to be seeing the pictures. I have to be watching the movie. Like I'm, I'm very much geared that way. Even when I'm listening to music, it's kind of a funny thing. And I think it's why I kind of like church more than concerts in general, even though I like all music because at church, they always have the lyrics there and you can look at them, right? Mm -hmm. They usually don't do that at concerts. (laughs) Even if I like the music at the concert more, it's just like, it works better for me that way. And sometimes when I'm listening to songs on my like Apple music, I'll like look at the lyrics. And so that really, um, at that time, it really spoke to me because I think that that is an aspect of God is he recognizes our individuality and the things that work for us and the things that don't. Yeah. That was really special to my heart at the time. I mean, it still is, but at the time it really struck me because it was something that it was so emotionally charged within me. So when you talk about this invitation into writing and to journaling, mm-hmm. where does it feel like obligation and where does it, and where do you sense invitation based on just what we've been talking about? I try to foster a habit, which I don't think, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think there really is something to just doing something consistently, but the reality is life happens and I've had a lot of life happen <laughs> more recently in the last like year about And if I'm trying to foster a habit and let's say I've gotten like, I don't know, like five days in a row or something like that. And then the sixth day comes and some chaos happens. Like, I mean, who knows? 
okay, for example, in November, I was hit by a car crossing the street. And that is something that kind of screws up that process, right? <laughs> it kind of like screws up the, the um, consistency, so to speak. And so I'm, I'm not taking this as a specific example from that time, because I don't remember what I was thinking at that time, but I'm just remembering this experience and applying it to this principle is like, I got hit by a car. I had to file a police report. I had to call my doctor. I had to call my auto insurance. I found out I didn't have auto insurance for a myriad of reasons. There was like so many things that happened that night. By the time I get to the place where I finally have enough space where I can sit down and write, I'm strictly doing it out of obligation right there. There might be an invitation to do it, but that is not why I'm writing. And I'm just frustrated. Mm. (laughs) And What God has been teaching me is he told me to write because he meets me very intimately in those places. It's not like a tit for tat, like, you know, you do this and then I'm going to answer all your prayers kind of thing that doesn't have anything to do with it. But sometimes I treat it that way. And so I get mad if I'm not consistent. I used to do this with reading my Bible, right? It's like, you have to read your Bible every day. And, and, you know, I, lay in my bed and I'm like, I'm too tired to read my Bible. And I'd be like, Katie, you have to read your Bible. Like something bad's going to happen if you don't. I'd sit there like fighting with myself. And it took a while to become well acquainted enough with the Lord for him to be able to like break through my stubborn, just like, "Mm, I have to do this to like understand that his first response to me is grace and love and he's not chastising me for having an off day right. or for scheduling too many things or just having life happen when I'm not even scheduling things and just crazy things happen. <laughs> like, he's not mad at me for that. Yeah. Go back to what you and Kim are doing, right? When you have a moment, when you have the time, you stop and record a message to the other person. Again, because... You do this because you know this is where you both are uniquely in your relationship and in your lives, and it works. And you don't, it's not forcing anything. It's like you recognize it's something that you you need to do and you want to do. It's a need because it brings something really important. It it brings a connection that helps you keep going. And so you look for the moments when you can do this and then you do it. And when you can, knowing that the other person on the other side of that is good with whenever that comes because they know you. I, I sense that same thing in this, like when we push ourselves, almost like that treadmill kind of analogy, mm-hmm. right? When we push ourselves out of obligation we get hurt. We come out of we come out of alignment. Like you, your body was out of whack, right? Yeah. And, we, and and so God is here, and He's accepting us where we are. And what you and Kim have is a reflection of who He always is to us. He knows us uniquely. He accepts us where we are. And there's a time issue there. Like God waits, and He's patient, and He's with us. Kim is always, you know, she's. Like in a, in a human terminology, Kim is with you even when she's not there. She's like for you and she's with you. And you know you can send that video whenever and she receives that. 
And it's like, God is there with us. He's for us always. And he is present with us. And when we try to push it beyond our ability to really receive from him in that moment, we push ourselves when really all we need is a good night's sleep rather than picking up the, the Bible and trying to force something, we get hurt. Mm-hmm. And it makes us like the gym. When we get hurt at the gym, it hinders our ability to go back. Yes. <laughs> yes. And so when we push it with God in a way that he has never designed us or wants for us, we come out of whack, out of whack from our relationship with it hurts. And that hinders our ability to go back to him. And so what I think is beautiful is in the relationship you have through Marco Polo right now in the spiritual direction is it's about time and there's a patience to it and space to let it breathe as it goes with an understanding of like an intimacy of of knowing each other. God is like saying, yeah, that's who I am to you. I'm letting this breathe. So just let it breathe. And it comes out as it comes out. And when you have the time and you're rested and you're able to process things, take out your journal and write in it when you can. And what if that's at work? You, you take your phone with you. And when you have a moment, it might be even at work where you step outside and, sh- you know, like I'm just assuming here that it's like you're taking your phone with you and whenever you get a moment, you shoot that video to camp. Right. Yeah. What what if carrying that journal around was kind of like that same thing? Mm-hmm. And when there's just a moment to write a thought pops up or whatever, and you just like even if it's just a sentence, when the space breathes, like when it's there, this is the invitation. There's no obligation here. Just write it down. And you can process it later. Whenever. What if that's the invitation? Just have it with you. Yeah. He has such patience with us, like infinite patience with us. So that when I am impatient with myself, I have come out of whack with God and I'm actually getting hurt and not even by him because I'm pushing something that God is not pushing. And I've come out of alignment with his kindness and his gentleness and his patience with me. And I am choosing to see myself through his eyes in a way that's not him. I'm assigning a perspective to myself that is not God speaking. And I, and I like pull something spiritually. (laughs) I push myself because of that viewpoint. Right. It reminds me of a movie I recently watched. (laughs) You knew it was coming, Kim. Oh, the second you start saying breathing, I knew it was coming. Yeah. Speaking of knowing someone well. Yeah. So I just watched Manchester by the Sea for the first time ever. I don't know what that movie is. Okay, so I usually stay away from movies that are Oscar darlings. And I really decided there's something about it. I wanted to watch it. And my wife hated it. She hated the movie because (laughs) the movie is basically about this guy who's played by Casey Affleck. Uh, ben Affleck's uh, younger brother, who plays yeah. a guy named Lee Chandler, who for the first part of the movie is just, he's a jerk to everyone, gets in these bar fights, is always getting drunk. He's just a miserable human being to, to watch a movie about. 
<laughs> and the whole movie is very slow in its like plot development and it's kind of like you're watching people in a car driving not really saying anything and then a conversation begins to develop and then they get in an argument and it's almost like real life like you're 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 they're just sitting there driving no one's saying anything for feels like an extended period of time right and it feels like you're watching real life and it's like i can do this i can go and get my car and not talk to my wife i don't need this movie it's like to do this uh-huh. right but it could yeah. feel that way that's the way my wife was like this movie is slow and he's a jerk but it takes a while to get to this moment where there's a pivotal scene in, in the movie where you finally understand his pain all of these walls he's putting up all of this jerkiness and the drinking and everything is because of this really horrible thing that happened and he would be the first to say that it was mainly his fault and he's carrying all this and by the end of the movie there's not like a big tie you know like a bow tying everything together and going, oh, the Hollywood ending that we all love, My, I love, my wife loves. It doesn't happen. There's barely movement, just barely movement. And my wife is like, oh my gosh. Like we just watched Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead a couple nights before. She's like, let's go back and watch that again, right? But I had the total opposite experience. Like the whole movie I was sitting there feeling like I was receiving a love letter from God. Hmm. I was watching this movie and experiencing God's perspective on my life, how slow I am to change, how much I hold on to pain and failure and carry that and then let that become a wall between me and God and how much yeah, how long it takes me to take even one tiny incremental step in my relationship with him. Mm. Like the movie let everything breathe. It just kind of um, like unfolded as it unfolded. And the scenes were not forced. They just, they just breathed. And I was, I was just hearing God say, this is how I see your life. And this, what you're feeling and the love you have towards this man, I was really connecting to his character. And I really felt like empathy and compassion for him is like, God's like, that is how I see you. I'm so patient. I let it breathe. I'm with you in the moments that feel so mundane and so just trivial and plotting. And, and I am moving you forward one incremental step at a time. And when that movie ended, even though there were only tiny moments of change for him, they felt really big to me. And then when the movie ended, I felt like it ended on a note of there's more to come. God was saying, there's more to come. There's still work to be done. Yeah. And, And so the question then, like what comes to my mind in that is, do I look at the future and do I see how much further I have to go? Or do I look at the future and do I see how much more God has to give to me? Mm. One is dependent on me and one is dependent on God. One is Kurt focused and one is God focused. And when I watched that movie, the gift I saw 
was the God focus of how much more God had to give to Lee Chandler. And through that experience, how much more he has to give to me and how patient he is in the process. And that is really where invitation is for you is like, God's like, Katie, I'm with you and we're going to just let this breathe. And I am so patient with you. Even when you're impatient with yourself, that's not me. I'm ready whenever you are ready to journal. And when you are in the right state of mind and have enough sleep, sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do is sleep. And I'm ready when you I love that. <laughs> true. As someone told me that years ago and it really resonated with me. And sometimes I take naps and I go, I'm going to take a nap because I am sensing like my brain is shutting down. I am not doing well in my heart, right? Like I cannot, I'm not really receptive to what anyone's saying or doing right now because my body's tired. And I'm learning to realize that I, I believe the soul is mind, body, and spirit. Yeah. It's, it's a system of systems. Like the body is a system of systems. I think the soul is the whole system of mind, body, and spirit all interconnected. I'm learning to, when my mind is racing and I can't be still before God, to just focus on my breathing and let that slow down, knowing that my mind will slow down, my heart will, my spirit will slow down. And so there are times where I'm learning to let my body tell me where my mind and spirit are. And when my body is tired, like when I'm feeling that tiredness in my body, I'm like, oh yeah, that my mind is really fuzzy too. Nap time. <sighs> and like, I, I used to feel guilty and beat up, you know, beat myself up and realizing when I wake up, I'm going to be fresher. I'm going to be more in tune with God, myself and the people around me. And so again, God just lets it breathe. And the more we, I think the more we accept just the infinite level of patience and love that God has for us and come into alignment with that, we just begin to relax and meet him where he's meeting us, right? For me, I've said this a lot lately is if God really is meeting us where we are, if that's who God is, he meets us right where we are. And I don't know where I am, I'm missing God. Hey, we're gonna stop right here for this first part of the invitation or obligation episode. Hopefully you've seen the importance of seeing God as an inviter versus somebody who puts burdens on us through obligation. But there's still more to unpack because there's a practice. How do we practice looking for God's invitation rather than carry these burdens of obligation? That's what we're going to be talking about in part two of this episode so come back for that. And in the meantime, remember that you are God's beloved. So be loved. Take care.